Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. You're listening to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and I want to thank each and every one of you who come along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Hey, folks, it's a great day in the USA. Want to, of course, Acknowledge our flagship station, Red State Talk Radio, which is the largest talk platform in the country. And hey, let me tell you, quite frankly, the most listened to. You just check it out. And I want to thank all of the terrestrial stations who replay the show throughout the Fruited Plains and also Loving Liberty for inviting us into their family as well. If you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look. Look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not, the Red State Talk billboard is right there above Ripley's and every hour. 24-7. The C.L. Bryant show does pop up there on the big board, and old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you. Hey, we can't do it without you, and it's because of people like you that America will remain great. Let's keep it great, and let's make certain that we get behind this commander-in-chief as we plow toward 2020. On the show with me now is someone who has become a friend of the show. He's been on with me several times. He is the author of the mega hit, the mega hit, Let Trump Be Trump. And all over the world, people are finding out that if you allow this man to be who he is, he can make a huge difference in the right direction, especially for Americans as we put America first. The original uh, campaign manager for Donald John Trump, he was a bulldog. He's a pit bull. When everybody else was backing down, Corey Lewandowski plowed forward. Help me welcome back to the show, Corey Lewandowski. Thank you for being on with us, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back on and for being such a strong administration and the success that they've been able to achieve. Absolutely. Corey, I think that we're looking for people with the type of intestinal fortitude that the president had. You certainly have it. And I want to kick off the conversation by talking about some possibilities. Uh, Talk to us about the possibility of you actually throwing your hat in the ring and running for the Senate there in New Hampshire. Is that uh, a real? Is that fake? Talk to us about it. See, it's very, very real, and I'll tell you why. I'm an unapologetic Trump supporter, and what that means is I believe in the policies of America first. Not America alone, but America first. That means taking care 
of the people who have an opiate epidemic taking place in this country, making sure we're not allowing illegal immigrants to pour over our borders, protecting Americans, stopping gun violence in cities that are run predominantly by Democrats. And look, we can do a better job. And part of the opportunity they have to serve this country, the president, the people of New Hampshire, will be in the U.S. Senate if I decide to run. Because our incumbent U.S. senator is one of these career politicians who went in poor to elective office, is now very wealthy, who voted to keep funding sanctuary cities, who voted against Neil Gorsuch and Justice Kavanaugh, because they hate this president more than they love the country. And so I'm very seriously looking at this race. And if I get in this race, CL, you know something clearly. I love to work hard. If I get in the race, I'm going to win, and we'll send a conservative from New Hampshire back to the United States Senate. I love it. If he gets in the race, he's in it to win it. And, folks, that is exactly what we need in this country, particularly from you folks who call yourselves conservatives. You come out there half-stepping. You're not in it to win it. Corey Lewandowski is someone who will enter this race, and we can get that seat in New Hampshire. And, of course, we can make our our president stronger by having a strong right hand like Corey. Corey, you mentioned something that I think uh, we really want. To, to, for you to expand upon, and that is when we talk about America first, there are so many on the progressive liberal side of this ledger who think that we are being arrogant and we're being exclusive of any other countries in the nation. Why does it make sense for Americans, especially us who are conservatives and Republicans, to actually consider who we are as a nation first? Talk to us about that. Yeah, it's so important. Look, you know, my grandfather, my father, my brother all served in our military in this country so that we have the freedoms today that they fought for. And those people didn't put on the, the, the uniform so that we could put other people in front of us. We understand the U.S.'s global leadership and the role that we play. But just because we are the most powerful nation in the world doesn't mean we shouldn't look out for our own interests. We have seen all too often, CL, the unfair trade deals that previous stupid politicians have negotiated, whether it was NAFTA or so many of these, bi- these multilateral deals that made the U.S. come in second, third, fourth, fifth. This president said no more of that. And you know what? We have problems in our own country that we need to resolve. We have a terrible opiate crisis, particularly in my state, my home state of New Hampshire, I am today. Kids, men, women, every ethnicity, every gender, every socioeconomic status are dying from this. We need to do a better job. We've got $22 trillion in debt. We continue to give money to countries who don't like us, don't support us, and don't have the same value proposition. We need to relook at that. And so to be proud to be an American, to say America first is the job of the president, just like if you're the prime minister of Great Britain or of the president of France, you're there to fight for your people. The difference is the socialist left wants to make it seem like a bad thing, and it's the hypocrisy that troubles me the most. You know, We saw just this week that continuous attack on those people that support Israel, the, the Jewish community, when we saw the New York Times say it was okay for one of their deputy editors over there to have a racist tweet against the people of Israel. The person wasn't fired. We've now seen this from members of Congress who hate Israel that want, you know, they don't recognize that these are our best friends in the region, maybe the best friends in the world. It's not America alone, but it's okay to stand up for our own country. That's what we fought for, for all those wars. 
It's okay to stand up for your own country. And finally, we have a president who understands that and who is standing up for us. Let's talk about the tariffs now that uh, the president has imposed on uh, someone who is not really a friend of America, but someone who this president has brought to answer for their mistreatment of America, and that's China. I believe, Corey, that if we... We follow the example that this president is giving in handling China. We will, in fact, prevail in the long run economically. Speak to us from your point of view as to the president's move on China and why it could be and is being effective. You know, CL, this when this administration is over, we're going to look back on it in 30 years and say, thank you, Donald John Trump. For standing up to the Chinese, who for the last three decades have stolen our intellectual property, subsidized their companies to dump their products on the U.S. soil, stolen our jobs, and have been you know, economic manipulators of their currency, all for the value of creating a climate that is anti-American and pro-China. And this president said, we're not going to take it anymore. We're not going to allow it. We're going to fight back. And Republicans and Democrats in the past have been too weak to do that. And I think when we're done in this administration, whether it's the federal judiciary that this president has fundamentally transformed or the deregulatory environment that he's been able to create in the government, maybe the single biggest accomplishment that he'll have achieved as his, president, as his presidency comes to a conclusion in six years is going to be standing up to China and saying, we're not going to take it anymore. And I've heard the liberal left complain, those fat cats on Wall Street complain, oh, we're, we're going to head to a recession. We've got more people working in this country today than ever in the history of our country. We're, in my home state, New Hampshire, we've got a 2.8% unemployment rate, and there's more African Americans, Hispanic Americans, and Asian Americans working today than ever recorded. So there's no economic recession, but it's time to put America first. The Chinese have used every advantage in their toolbox to take advantage of the United States from bad trade deals to economic policies to stealing our intellectual property to subsidizing their companies so that we don't compete, compete. We've seen too many of our jobs shipped overseas. And I think if you give us a level playing field, I know if you give Americans a level playing field, we are the greatest, hardest working people in the world. We will not only compete, we will succeed against anybody. And that's what this president is fighting for. Absolutely, folks. We can be champs as we are and have been. Corey, the son of veterans, I, the son of veterans in World War II, won and the Spanish-American War. We can be champs that they paid and bled for, or we can be chumps. And our president is telling us that we have been chumps when it comes to China. Corey, there are some chumps in uh, the, the, the House of representatives right now and they're calling themselves the squad and nancy pelosi is kowtowing to them are they the best players on our team at this point in time because i i just i travel america month to month i'm all over the country and people don't like them talk to us about the progressive trend that the democrat party is 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 going in and why that very well may be along with people like you and others who will be running for office, uh, the best solution to America's problem, this squad and, and progressive liberalism. Talk to us. 
every time a member of the squad talks about socialism, that they tell us that the world is going to end in 12 years due to global warming, every time they say that you can't have meat anymore, that you can't fly in an airplane, that fossil fuels are extinct, the American people wake up and say, what are you talking about? And the Democratic Party has now been taken over by the squad. These four women in Congress who are freshmen, who control the caucus, who these candidates who are running for the Democratic nomination are begging for their endorsements. The question is, who can be more socialist, uh, more socialist in the debates? As I watch the Democrat debates, you, know, you could have thought that you were watching a presidential debate for the president of Venezuela or of Cuba. That's how far they've gone. The fact that they believe that illegal immigrants in this country are entitled not only to free health care but free education at the cost of us, and Bernie Sanders has said it. The middle class will pay more so that those people can have free things. When you put this election up, socialism versus capitalism, and make no mistake about it, the squad believes in full socialism. When you put that up, it is an easy win to say that capitalism works every time because you cannot point to one socialist country in the world that has been successful. They don't exist. So I say keep giving them more airtime. Keep pointing out the hypocrisy. Keep reminding the American people of what their true agenda is, which is to attack our friends in Israel, to turn our country into socialism, to have middle Americans pay more money so that people who are in this country illegally can get free things. That doesn't sell in the places that you and I travel. It doesn't sell in middle America. It doesn't even sell in their own districts. But they're so afraid to have primaries from the left that the question is, how progressive can they be? How much of a socialist can they be? So that no one challenges them. It's a very, very scary place. And when Nancy Pelosi is the moderate of the Democratic Party, that should raise alarm bells for a lot of people. You better believe that. And hey, folks, Israel is our friend. Don't ever forget it. Israel is our friend and the Judeo-Christian ethic that we have all prospered from and will continue to prosper from has been the greatest asset to our foundational principles of this nation. Corey, when we look at uh, the 2020 election, I believe that there is going to be an absolute landslide victory for Donald John Trump. Don't you get complacent out there, though, because uh, we're seeing saying that the many thousands of you listening out there don't you get complacent joe biden seems to be snake bit uh elizabeth warren seems to be inept in fact the whole party seems to be inept i just don't see a candidate out of the 17 dwarfs or 20 dwarfs whoever they are uh running now that can possibly challenge donald john trump what in your estimation could be the one hindrance to the president's reelection? is there any type of move in his own party that might be rising and why are those people stupid if in fact they do try to launch some type of primary well there's nobody who's going to beat the president in a primary cl that i can tell you unequivocally he has such a commanding control of the Republican Party. And by the way, they didn't hand us the keys. He took this party over because of the way that was run so poorly in the past. Don't forget, by and large, the Republican Party prior to Donald Trump was one of what they called free trade, which meant, hey, screw the Americans, right? We'll let everyone else have free stuff and open borders. The president said absolutely no more of that. And so when I look at the Democratic field, you have to remember the president isn't just running against Joe Biden or Nancy or, or, or uh, you know, Kamala Harris. He's running against the media who want to destroy him, who lie about his record every day. 
He's running against the Democrats. He's running against a very small sliver of the Republican Party who has been shut out from the swamp uh, that they have controlled for so long. He is going to win by a larger electoral margin than he won against Hillary Clinton in 2016 because there is nobody that is going to be able to demonstrate that they've been more successful in helping middle America, manufacturing jobs, African-Americans, criminal justice reform, reforming the federal judiciary than what this president's been able to achieve. And he gets no credit for it from anybody except the people who wake up every day and go to work, have more money in their pocket, more opportunities. And because of that, you'll see the president not only get over 300 electoral votes, he'll win in states like uh, New Hampshire, my home state, that he lost barely last time. He will continue to win in Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and you'll see him expanding the map into new opportunities because people vote with their pocketbooks, and by every economic indicator, people are better off today than they were four years ago. Corey, if people want to get more insight as to how to help you and gain the momentum that's necessary, how do they go about doing that? Corey Lewandowski is my special guest. How do we go about doing that if we want to jump on board with you? You know, the best thing to do is you can email me. It's Corey at LewandowskiSA.com. Corey at LewandowskiSA.com. Welcome to respond. It comes directly to me. That's who I am, right? And, uh, and look, I'm going to make the decision on the Senate race at the very beginning of Q4, which is about five weeks from now, in the beginning of October. Uh, I'm going to make sure that we have a candidate who can beat Gene Shaheen. We had the president in New Hampshire uh, just under two weeks ago. My family had the privilege of spending some time with him. And I am here to make sure that the America First agenda gets put forth, whether that's on the president's team as part of his reelection effort, or if I decide to get into the race for the United States Senate and defeat Gene Shaheen, I will be there. I want you folks to hear what has been said. I want you to hear the fire in the belly, the determination that Corey Lewandowski has shown since we first met him in this Trump campaign when he managed this campaign. And folks, I believe that he is exactly what we need to send to D.C. in order to further shore up the foundation of our conservative movement. Corey, if you stay with me for three minutes on the other side of this short break. I have one more question for you. And folks, don't you go anywhere. You're listening to the C.L. Bryant show coming to you uh, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And that is America. And it's great because of people like you. And I'm happy to report to each and every one of you that the word patriotism is still alive and well in this nation. That's not a bad word. You had better wake up all of you out there flyover country, the coastal uh, states, wherever you are, you had better wake up and realize that there is something huge at stake right now. I'll be back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you coast to coast and border to border. My special guest has been Corey Lewandowski, author of the, of the, it's a great book, folks. Let Trump be Trump. I think that most of our allies, and it was seen very clearly in the G7 uh, summit that happened here just these past few days, that the president is definitely, without question, the leader of the free world. And there's one more question, Corey, and I want to thank you for being so gracious coming on again uh, with us. And of course, we'll be having you on uh, as time goes on to get your insight. The Iranians are crazy. There's no question about it. The president has dealt very effectively with uh, little Kim in Korea. He's dealing effectively with uh, President Xi, of uh, the dictator Xi of China. And now it's time to deal with with the Iranians. Talk to us about the path forward. Many are saying that the president shouldn't sit down with uh, the Iranian uh, uh, mullah, uh, uh, Rouhani, but I believe that he is doing exactly what is necessary and what comes natural to him, and that is making the deal, the best deal that can be made for America while keeping us safe. That's my opinion. You give us your take on the president and his dealings with the Iranians. Well, see, I'll tell you this. Uh, I've seen this president negotiate for the last half a decade, and he's the greatest negotiator our country has ever had in that Oval Office. And what he has said was, we can sit down and have a conversation. There'll be no pre-existing uh, conditions to that. However, he is going to negotiate from a position of strength. He's going to make sure that when he negotiates with other world leaders, and Iran is just one of them, it's going to be best for America first, and the world second. And you know we've seen this now time and again. When he went over and he met with Kim Jong-un, the media chastised him. They criticized him for giving him, Kim Jong-un, the platform of meeting with the incumbent president of the United States. But the truth was our country and the world is safer because of it. And that's what we're going to see with Iran. That is exactly what this president does. He negotiates from a position of strength. He's going to make sure that we are in control of the negotiations. He's going to go and have a fair and honest dialogue but at the end of the day, and we've seen it with China, he's willing to walk away from a bad deal as opposed to just getting a deal done. And when it comes to Iran, that's exactly what he's going to do. Absolutely. And, Corey, listen, man, fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are. You know that you have a friend here in uh, this show. We'll have you back. Thank you again so much for being on with us. And God bless and God keep you, man. Again, thank you for being on. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk soon. 
I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was Corey Lewandowski, formerly the president's right-hand man, still the president's right-hand man, if you ask me. And he, I do believe, is going to be the president's man in New Hampshire. And, hey, you folks who are uh, weak-kneed, squeamish, lily-livered, and uh, have very little intestinal fort fortitude wake up stand up get a backbone it is time for people of courage and not cowards america we have never had within our dna the cowardly uh spine or the cowardly uh, reactions to dealing with people who don't like us as we are seeing too often now in our nation and i am so happy that there is a breath of fresh air entering into the political arena that can in fact restore our confidence not only in the uh, our elected officials but also in the American process and uh, we're going to talk more about that after the top of the next hour after the, the news hour if you don't get both hours of the CL Bryant show be sure to download free the CL Bryant show app and you can listen to any of the shows wherever you go all of them or catalog there on the CL Bryant show app go to the website uh, the CL Bryant show dot Com. Follow me on Twitter at Rev, R-E-V, Rev C-L Bryant. Well, one of the things that is causing a great deterioration in our nation is the disintegration of the American family. And I have uh, met with someone here just a couple of weeks ago. When I was traveling in Ohio, and by the way, I'll be there with you folks in Frisco, Texas, coming up this weekend. Uh, and hey, I was really glad to be with all my friends in the Chicagoland area just this past weekend. And uh, we're going to be seeing a lot. You're going to be seeing a lot of CL on the road here in days to come. We even have Los Angeles in our immediate future uh, coming up. There's something we have to take a look at out there as well. And you're going to be very interested to see what that is. But back to the family. The family, no question, is disintegrating in this nation. And there must be a path back to the uh, the structure and rebuilding the structure of the American family. And on with me now is James Harrison, who is uh, of the natural family. And James, welcome to the C.L. Bryant Show. Tell us all about what natural family is all about from your perspective, James Harrison. All right. Can you hear me okay? Hear you just fine, man. Okay. Okay. I didn't know whether I had to press a button or something. And thank you very much for the opportunity, C.L. And it was great meeting you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the natural family, I, I kind of backed into this because 30 years ago, it's a journey for everybody. 30 years ago, I, I got in, engaged in the culture. I had, I had this itch, this righteous itch, and I, and I tried to fill it up with, with the uh, secular humanist side. I ran for public office, helped other people do that, but that wasn't working. So I went to the church, and I figured if the pastors from the pulpit would, would preach sermons to get their congregation to engage the culture, that we could turn this around. And I still believe that. 
but I discovered in my efforts that the, the churches, the pulpit takes care of the churches, the churches are filled with families. But the problem is that the family in America is broken. I mean, point blank, it is broken. And until you fix the family, until you fix the family, nothing else is going to work. I, I don't care what you try to do in government. I don't care what you try to do in your schools. Regardless, if the family isn't fixed, then we're going to have trouble. But the problem we have now is we don't even know what a family is. How do you define a family? Wow. Nature that... defines that, and that's why we come up with the word natural. Wow. It is one, and I have to say this, it's one biological born man, one biological born woman, in a lifelong committed monogamous relationship with their biological and or adopted children. That's the key. When foundations lose that, then the nations go bye-bye. And you can take a look at Greece. You can take a look at Rome and see what they did to the family. And once they did, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If you want living proof of how important the family is, go to a prison system and ask those prisoners about their families. You know what, folks? 99.9% of them. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. Uh, Jane and I have done prison ministry, and uh, we've done even uh, street ministry, uh, skid row ministries, and that type of thing. And one common denominator that is absolutely present, whether they're free walking around homeless on the streets or whether they are incarcerated, one common denominator is that there was some breakdown in that family structure. James, talk to us about it. If you can, you is there a point, a place on the American timeline uh, as we journey here in the great nation of America where you can point to and show where the disintegration of the family actually began, uh, where the church began to back off of the message of families? Uh, talk to us from from your perspective as. As to when sure. did you recognize this deterioration? I, contemporarily, I'm going to speak in terms of contemporary, and I would say probably World War II started the initiation of the breakup of the family. We had the mother and the father that were now working after, after the war, and I, I think the real estate industry saw an opportunity there. And, and they said, okay, you want to buy a home? We'll provide a nice one for you, but you're both going to have to work. And, and then you had the pill. And the pill was incredible. I mean, it really, really, really helped uh, destroy the family. And no-fault divorce. And, that, and now we have gay marriage. So through a progression of things, I'll start it around World War II area recently. And with those events that are happening they all contributed to the destruction of the family. It's no, it's no longer, it's okay not to be, not to be one man and one woman. That's okay. You can have two, two, two men or two women and, and CL, we are all born. We talk about apps these days. We're all born with a family app. And in that family app, we need a mother. We need a father, one male, one female. We need them. is isn't something that we want. We need them. And what, again, talked about the prison systems. We could talk about the, the, the fellows that shot up in El Paso, Texas, or in Dayton, Ohio, or, you, or, the, or the gentleman that was in Las Vegas 
He had a horrible family life. His father was in prison, so he grew up in a single-parent home. And I'm sure that he's trying to – you try to compensate, CL. You try to compensate for what you don't have. So I'm sure he did it with sports and then with drugs and then with sex and then with business and then with gambling. And when none of that works and none of that will work, you find him on top of a building going, okay, what have I got left to do? And you know what, James, when again, we think, old, when we think about what you have just said, folks, I grew up in an authoritarian household. My father, World War II veteran, his father, World War I veteran, and my great-grandfather world, uh, was a Spanish-American war veteran. And my father was, was an authoritarian. My mother was the disciplinarian. But there was authority in that household what i'm asking uh what the next question that i have for you is this and and many people will say james that you and i are antiquated we're neanderthals for even uh, about to broach this particular topic but is the family truly the place where young people children learn about authority and how to become good citizens good whatever they are is that the beginning point because man i gotta tell you i i i see kids acting out in ways that my father and mother would have never uh uh, uh tolerated uh, certainly my grandparents uh, would would not have tolerated they'd think that we had lost our minds and and they'd certainly believe that we'd lost our way. So talk to that, if you will. Is the family unit the place where our young people get their direction from? Talk to us. From the original couple, from the original couple, and I'll go all the way back to the beginning of time, and scientists are coming to the realization that it was one man and one woman. They formed families, and that's what got us to 7.6 billion people where we are today. Without the families, lions, tigers, and bears, oh my, would have have consumed us. We'd have been gone. When you speak of the family, I look at it in terms of a three-legged stool. I just mentioned the content. One man, one woman, okay, and children. That's the content. Structure is key. You have to have a vertical structure in the family, and yes, that is where you learn authority. If you don't have that vertical structure, then you're going to have issues. And a lot of children that don't have that uh, in the inner city, let's say they go to gangs, and they can pick that up there, the structure that they're looking for. But you, can't, you cannot take that structure down, and it, it has to remain the same throughout history. And from a biblical standpoint, it's God, Jesus Christ, man, woman, children, and it is vertical. What we've done today in our society is we flatten that out. It's become horizontal. And that, again, that's what happened in past, in past uh, nations. Once they got that horizontal, in other words, we're all equal to God. The child is equal to the God. The child is equal to the parent. I don't have to pay attention to you. It's moral anarchy is what you ask for when you bring that down to a horizontal level. You know, James, uh, so, yes, it's James, definitely it's critical. James Harrison is my guest, uh, The Natural Family. And, James, I have about uh, four, three minutes left in this segment, but I want you to stay with me through the break. I want to bring you back uh, after the uh-huh. break. And this is what I'm noticing. We, we have time to start this conversation uh, before we go to break. I'm noticing that even in suburbia with white kids, they're on drugs uh, and uh, they are going and shooting up 
schools. You know, they go they go shoot up uh, schools, or, or or they go shoot up a a, a restaurant, or a, a movie theater, or, or, or a club, or something like that. So that's what's happening in suburbia. In the inner city, you have kids who are on drugs, self medicating, and they go shoot up their communities. So whether you're looking at the uh, kids who are coming from suburbia who are white, and or the kids who are coming from the inner city who are black, and of course in suburbia you have black and white kids, don't get me wrong. They have black and white kids in suburbia. But in the inner city, you have Latino and black kids along with white ones as well. And both of them seem to be so discontent. And they're taking drugs, they're ruining their minds, and now we have uh, people saying, well, it's because they're mentally ill. James, how could they be anything else but (laughs) mentally ill? Talk to us about it. Uh, how much time do I have to start this? Are you going to take a quick break, or go ahead, start that um, conversation, and I'll I'll jump okay. in. I'll jump in right before the music starts. All right, naturalfamilystrong.com is our site, is our website, and we purposely use that term natural and strong because that is the key. Strong families make strong people. Strong people make strong nations. What you're running into, you mentioned you mentioned public schools. And they're huge. They're key. Public schools, and I, and I set a school board meetings for 10 years, teach four things. Listen to me, four things. They teach life has no meaning. They teach evolution as fact. Morals are relative. Multiculturalism, diversity. Man, not God, is the measure of all things. So if you take those three factors alone, we, we should be surprised that there aren't more kids shooting up more kids and more schools and more communities. We're telling them that they, they came from primordial sludge. They don't mean anything. And you can do anything you want to do because it's multiculturalism and diversity. And by the way, man's the major of all things. That's you. So make a decision. Take your own life, which they're doing in record numbers, or, hey, while you're doing it, pop into a school and invite some other friends along with you. James and Harrison. the fourth thing they teach, and this – James Harrison is my special guest. We're going to return with him after the break. The natural family, the natural family, the strong natural family. Got to do it, folks. And I want to talk to him when we come back after this break about how you, you, you folks out there who have shouldered the responsibilities of raising your own families, since it is a reality that there are so many young people in today's society that do not have that father figure or even that matronly figure, that mother figure in their lives. Is it time for people to step up and mentor? Is it time for people to step up and take young people who may have lost their way under your wing? We're going to talk about that with James Harrison, natural family, when we return with more of the CL Bryant show coming at you coast to coast, border to border throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet the greatest success story the world has ever known and you guessed it you better believe it because it's real i'm talking about america in my opinion you better love it or you better leave it i'm cl don't go anywhere we'll be right back after these brief words with james harrison you thought i was worth saying. So you came 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you coast to coast and border to border. Thank all the many thousands of you who are listening out there today. And thank you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. My guest is James Harrison. That song you just heard is uh, D-Rock's latest release, I Am an American. I was blessed to lend my voice to the opening of uh, his latest release, I Am an American. Get it wherever music is sold. Opened it with my signature clothes. Now, for uh, the last 10 years, Stand up, Americans. You better stand up and understand. Not only that, you better wake up. James, when I left, we were talking about uh, those who have raised families and, of course, see the uh, deterioration of their communities happening right before their very eyes. Is this a time now for not only people uh, of Judeo-Christian ethics and values who go to their churches, synagogues, and even... uh, and, and and even businessmen to step up to the plate and take some young man, maybe two or three of them, under their wings and mentor them. How is important is it for influence from those who understand what's at stake? Amen, brother. Uh, natural family strong, and we use the term strong. What part of the problem we have in America is we have a testosterone problem, lack of it. The male in the family, in the, for the most part, has given up his leadership role. And it, it was so easy to do. Uh, maybe you're sitting there having your favorite adult beverage on a Sunday afternoon wanting to watch a football game, and your wife says, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, t- I'll take the kids out to the soccer practice today, and you just sit there and you enjoy yourself. And you go, oh, sure, why not? And we, let, hey, we have let things go. The male, if we're going to turn this around, See, it has to be done through the mail. It has to be done through that authority because I believe that's where we lost it. And when you think about all the attacks on the family, I mean, a divorce, abortion, sodomite marriage, child protective services, huge. I think Bill Clinton passed a law that gives government or agencies $160,000 per child as long as they're not in their natural family. So it encourages foster care. It encourages, well, unnatural families. You've got child, drugs, spousal abuse, feminism, 
And I think that's one of the biggest attack on masculinity. You know, max, uh, toxic. We're toxic. We're toxic males, right? What, what do you mean by that? We have to fight that. You, you mentioned in the first segment when you're talking to Corey about people getting out and doing something. And we really encourage that at the natural family. And we provide uh, areas that you can do that. But this has to be male-led. Your children are watching. They know the difference between a male and a female, and they know what to expect from a male and a female. And when they don't see it, they're confused. Again, this is a natural app that they have. So I'm going to encourage the male. This is tough. We've painted males. We've painted ourselves into a corner. We really have. And it's going to be very tough getting out of it. But, but if we don't, you're not going to like what, well, do you like what's happening now? Take a look at America. I mean, we are falling morally. We, we are an amoral nation. And, and yes, CL, the church needs to help. But the fathers have to lead this with the help of the church. The pastor can't come in and be the leader in the family. The father has to be the leader in that family. They can assist it, but they cannot be the leader in that family. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, we need to really take a hard note of that. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, you remind me of something. Uh, my father in the ministry, the, the, got the late uh, Dr. E. Edward Jones, he was uh, former president of the National Baptist Convention uh, of America. He said this to me ages ago now uh, when I was just a, a young minister got, going into the gospel minister before I ever pastored a church. He said to me, uh, Cleon, that's my name. I wasn't being called CL then. Uh, this was 40 years ago. He was. He said, Cleon, listen. Uh, understand this. You're going to see a lot of dysfunctional homes and you can trace back if you really look at it in any dysfunction in our society to some man who did not shoulder his responsibility. Women, I want you to hear what I'm saying out there. And I got to tell you, James, uh, never have more profound words been spoken as here 40 years later, as I've been in the ministry over 40 years. uh, I have seen that, even though many times we don't like to to say that, and, and men don't like to hear it. But but the truth of the matter is exactly what uh, my my pastor said to me that those many years ago. If we trace back the ills of our society, we will find that it is because some man did not shoulder his responsibility. You mentioned testosterone, and let's talk about then the estrogen part of that too, because we do have so many homes, and and and, and listen, there are so many homes. And, and women, I am not uh, taking anything away from you successful, hardworking mothers out there who had to raise your children by yourself. I'm not taking anything away from you. But I'm telling you, James, I am seeing a society that is far too affected by the estrogen without the balance the natural balance, as you would put it, of the testosterone that should go along with that. We have about seven minutes left in the interview. Speak to us about uh, the responsibility again. Reiterate that and then talk to us about uh, a a, a community and and a society that has become very much female dominated, especially in the one parent home where that female is being both father and mother. Talk to us. Men are given authority. Women have influence. And I'll be honest with you. If you give me a, a, a choice of that, 
I'll take the influence because I don't want the responsibility. That means that means I could be wrong, and I hate being wrong. But again, I have to encourage the male and the female. This is a cooperative. This is a cooperative. Biblically, you become one. But again, there's 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 a certain task assigned to men, and a certain task assigned to women. And naturally, and by the way, when I talk about natural family CL, I'm, we're in the United States. I'm probably only talking about eight to ten percent most most of the families in America are are natural. That doesn't mean that as a nation we can't aspire to that vision. We can recognize that we're falling apart because we're not we're not teaching our children to aspire to live in a natural family. Go ahead and date. If you can sleep with somebody, go ahead. Don't worry about it, you know? You gotta try the car out before you drive it, right? And before you buy it, right? I mean this just the insanity that we've got we've gotten to, the perversion that we've gotten to and again, this guys, this all men, this all comes back to us. It is our responsibility. But ladies, we need your support. You can't you can't be talking to your children and your husband be saying one thing and then you correcting in front of those children. They see that. And if they see you doing that, they're gonna think, Well, geez, if my parents are doing that, I guess I can do that too. Now they may not do it at that time. But they've already, in their mind, they've already settled on it's okay to do that. You have to operate as a unit, as one unit. You know what? And man, again, the men have to lead that unit. You Go bring ahead. up something that uh, you remind me. This conversation reminds me so much of my growing up years, my formative years. Uh, I, I love to look at and listen to my mother because, like you said, she had the greatest uh-huh. influence on me. But my father, I had this godly fear, this godly respect for his authority because you said it. He was always the one who ultimately would take responsibility for our safety, our being fed, our being kept warm, and, you know, all of that. That that was dad. There was no question in my mind that he was that authority figure. Now, understand, I, I felt very safe with my mother, but my mother and I felt safe when my father was around and God forbid that I would do anything wrong. And my mother said, I'm going to tell your father about this. That was Wait till your father gets home. Wait till your father gets home. I love it. That was the thing that's straight. Wait till your father gets home. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) James, how do people go and and find out more about uh, the the natural family talk? Tell us how to go there and uh, perhaps participate with you. Naturalfamilystrong.com. Naturalfamilystrong.com is our site. On the site, please go to our pledge. This is, this is where you do something. One, one of the things that we, we don't have with regards to our enemy, and I mentioned a lot of the what the enemy's doing, is we're not committed. Our enemy is committed. We are not. And what we're asking you to do is start the commitment project. We have a pledge there. And it basically says, I pledge to support the restoration and concept of the natural family. I believe the family is the foundation of all strong societies, including the United States. I believe the natural family consists of one man, one woman, like, like I explained before. I commit myself to work with others to help straighten this concept and gladly add my name to a list of natural family foundation supporters. I'll do everything within my power to encourage the growth of the natural family 
and to put it in a prominent place it must occupy in order for this republic to continue to be the greatest nation on earth. Just, just please agree with – if you don't want to put your email address down there, fine. We'd like to, we, we don't use that for anything other than to get you to start to make that commitment. And then as, we're, as we run across issues in your area, we may send you a, a notice. But for heaven's sakes, folks, if, if you, look, the family's broke. If we don't fix the family, I, again, I don't care what you're doing. It's not going to make any difference because the family is the foundation of all good societies. I'm all on board with that, man. Again. It, Go ahead. Give the website again. Naturalfamilystrong.com. And, and we recognize the need to strengthen, protect, and encourage the growth of the family in America. We would love to have a law presented in Congress. We're so rea- we're reacting to all the laws that are coming at us. When, when the homosexuals want to take more control of this and that and the other, we go, all right, we'll give you a little bit more. We, we should pass a natural fam- defend the Natural Family Act. And that act would say that there can't be a law passed that has a negative impact on the natural family. It is obvi- uh, it, it's just negated as soon as you start it. And that, that is a defensive law, and it's also an offensive law. And if we could pass that law in this nation, we would be much, much different, and, and the battle would be much, much different. James Harrison, I want to thank you, man, for coming on with me. It's not the good, good Lord willing, it won't be the last time uh, for you being on with me. I want to trumpet uh, your message and folks at the other side of the break. We are not only got to talk about national, international issues, but I want to talk to you about why I agree with what James Harrison has just said, especially in reference to the attack on the natural family. And no, we're not bigots. We're not homophobes or any of that type thing. Uh, We're simply uh, touting the concept of what has made our society, particularly here in America, as great as it is. Man, continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. And hey, I'll see you on the trail and we'll be talking. My my producer, Michelle, will be in touch with you uh, to get you in the regular lineup. And thank you so much for being on again. I'll talk to you soon. You've been a blessing to me, brother. Thank you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. We're going to come back after the top of the hour with more of the CL Bryant Show. Don't you go anywhere. We have a lot to talk about with you. I'll be back after these brief words. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.